0: This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 54. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm with my scrumtralescent. Yeah, that's a fake word from, I think it's like, Talladega Nights. My scrumtrelescent co-host, Chris Graham. Chris, how are you doing today, buddy? I'll take it. I'm great,
1: man. How are you?
0: Man, I'm doing great. Just living life. It's Thanksgiving week. Got plans with the fam. I'm sure you do as well. Do you got anything planned for Thanksgiving this week?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the big thing for us that we just started doing last year is we do ethnic Thanksgivings other than American. Wait, what? Explain. So Thanksgiving is kind of rough because it's like hey, let's go have the same meal with every part of your family. So like with your dad's side, with your mom's side, with her mom's side. Like there's just all these, let's go all have a different take on an identical meal three, four times. That's awful. So at my mom's house, what we do is we pick an ethnicity. And last year we picked Italian. So we had Italian Thanksgiving. And this year we're either going to do Greek or Thai.
0: Okay, so that brings up I just got a lot of things to talk about here. <laughs> even just related to that. We're not getting into the episode okay, yet. First okay. and foremost, do Italians even celebrate some sort of Thanksgiving? No, Obviously, no, no, no. They we just don't have the
1: same we have Italian food
0: or oh, Thai food. Okay. Every country has some sort of independence they celebrate or something. And I don't think they're the same feel and vibe and like status of American Thanksgiving. So if you're from overseas, you have no idea what we're talking about, once a year we celebrate. Some horrible things we did to Native Americans uh, by eating turkey and really weird holiday. I don't know.
1: It's weird. So, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and in something like what? What is it like? No one even knows. That's all I know of that rhyme. Yeah. At some point, more people came over to America, and it didn't go super well at first. And then the Indians wanted to be friends with them, and it was pretty. And they had dinner together, and it was Thanksgiving. That was like the first thanksgiving and now we celebrate it every year and it was pretty much downhill from there for the native americans
0: So, yeah, that's the history of thanksgiving in america So just for the quick and dirty version for those of you who are foreigns, but anyways I like that idea. I don't do a whole lot of like family stuff We just have like the immediate family thing and then this year we'll probably do what we call a friendsgiving Here before just for friends that can't really go home or that are stuck here in nashville just have a bunch of people over my house. I can seat 10 at my dining table. So that
1: sounds great
0: That kind of stuff's fun to do So that's my week. Hopefully our listeners have something planned of some sort If not just know that i'm thinking about you
1: Well, thanksgiving like this begins the holiday season and it's weird for us as audio engineers and for me as a mastering engineer because on the one hand it's like <laughs> Everyone's celebrating a holiday and no one's making records right now <gasps> yeah, yeah, it's so time of year for most people
0: It's kind of annoying. (laughs) With all that in mind, we're going to keep today's episode pretty short. We just kind of have a singular topic that we want to quote unquote riff on. Yeah. You like that term? Do you like, I just threw that out there. It came in my head. I thought we're audio guys
1: riffing. That's what we. So this is going to be a shorter episode today, but it's
0: going to hopefully leave you with some food for thought for your Thanksgiving Uh, holidays. Like what I did mm. there? How was that one? I was trying that one out. Good, 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 good. Chris has a passage from a book that he wants to read and they're going to, to discuss that passage. Chris, do you want to start us out here? Anything you want to preface with?
1: Yeah, so I've mentioned it the past couple episodes. I'm rereading this book called Rework. It's great. It's brilliant. It's an easy read. Every other page is a picture. It's a really just delightful. My kind of book. Yeah, it's awesome. And the chapter I read this morning, like I said, I've read this book like three or four times, so I love it. But this chapter this morning kind of really kicked me in the gut And there are going to be two opinions from listeners on this chapter. It's not a blanket statement you can make for everybody, but it's at least worth considering when it comes to the topic of doing free sample work for your potential clients.
0: Free sample work. You mean like doing free mixing samples, free mastering samples? Yeah, that sort of thing.
1: It's not for everybody, but based on what the authors or reworks say, it's maybe something we should consider. And i'm going to go ahead and read this and it's inflammatory. It's bombastic. So stay tuned
0: And the title of this episode has surely
1: reflected that yes, it certainly has so here we go drug dealers Get it right drug dealers are astute business people They know their product is so good. They're willing to give a little away for free up front They know you'll be back for more with money emulate drug dealers Make your product so good, so addictive, so quote unquote, can't miss that giving customers a small free taste makes them come back with cash in hand. This will force you to make something about your product or service bite size. You want an easily digestible introduction to what you sell. This gives people a way to try it without investing any money or a lot of time. Bakeries, restaurants, and ice cream shops have done this successfully for years. Car dealers let you test drive cars before buying them. Software firms are also getting on board with free trials or limited use versions. How many other industries could benefit from the drug dealer model? Don't be afraid to give away a little for free, as long as you've got something to sell. Be confident in what you're offering. You should know that people will come back for more. If you're not confident about that you haven't created a strong enough product or service Ooh, that's fire man. It is
0: it's a little preposterous. Just the whole drug dealer thing a little bit. Yeah, but think about it this way they have something that people really want It is in some cases some i'm just I don't know enough about drug dealers because I don't do drugs I've never done drugs. I've been straight edge since I was 17, but drug dealers Some have a reputation for having better products than others I just know this because i've been around the world i'm old as audio engineers the thing we can learn from that is if you are known as Someone with a supply that is weak someone that has a shit supply someone that has an inferior product No one's going to come for you If you are known as being the best of the best It makes your job as a drug dealer a whole lot easier or an audio engineer a whole lot easier furthermore if you can give your product away for free, which is what drug dealers do a lot of times, especially for highly addictive substances, if you can give your product away for free in the form of test mixes or test masters or test edits, and it's so damn good you blow them away with such an incredible product or experience or high mm-hmm. in some cases, if you can do that, then they're going to be coming back to you forever. They couldn't even imagine their lives without your product or service. That's hard to do, especially in a in a world where People are getting better and better at this. The bar keeps continually raising. But Chris, what do you say about people that either do not offer a free test of some sort, a free sample, and if they do, aren't getting return buyers?
1: What, what would you say to those people? Well, I would say a couple of things. I'd say one, if your schedule is packed and your biggest problem is that you have too much pain work, and that you are trying to find a way to cut projects Then the free sample Maybe a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think gus
0: from breaking bad at the level that he's at is Yeah on the street corner handing out free samples No, he's running an entire enterprise for those breaking bad fans out there. You know what i'm talking about Yeah,
1: but here's the thing. It's this last sentence that he really gets me here. Let me back up It's these last two sentences You should know that people will come back for more if they have a free sample If you're not confident in that you haven't created a strong enough product or service yet So his angle here and I think this is the fascinating topic for discussion here Is I think a lot of people that don't want to give away Something free to get new customers. There's two reasons behind it one They haven't made a bite-sized version of their product and i'm at a ridiculous advantage here as a mastering engineer Because for me to master a free sample isn't a super big deal to mix an entire song from scratch. That's a big deal It's a lot of work
0: but still not as big of a deal as someone that's doing the full process of writing producing, production yeah, tracking, yeah, yeah editing mixing mastering that's a whole other level
1: Yeah, so the two angles here that are super interesting are one have something bite size That you can afford to give away for free even if that's like hey Why don't you come in do one vocal take with me? You know bring in a song you've been working on we'll do one vocal take i'll you know do a quick mix See what you think no big deal, you know it should take about 20 minutes you know something like that, that is interesting. There's a bite-sized opportunity there But what the authors of this book are saying is that if you're not willing to give away something for free It might because you're not confident enough that people will come back for more After trying you for free.
0: Yep, yeah, because then here's the situation if you don't put yourself out there You can't fail, right? Right. So it's one of those situations you have to be willing to Face the fact that you're not good enough yet Which is a scary fact to face very scary, but you're never going to find that out if you don't put yourself out there so whether that is going out reaching out trying to find clients or doing free work in order to get that free test sample out there or that giving them that free sample and hoping that they return to you Either way, you're putting yourself out there for potential failure and that's terrifying But if you don't do that, how else are you going to grow? I don't understand how else you're going to grow if you don't do one of those two things
1: Well, and the other component here is fear not just fear that they won't come back for more For some people, they cannot deal with rejection. For me, free mastering samples every single day. I have for years. And you get rejected all the time. Oh yeah, I get rejected all the time. But most of them hire me and that's great. So that's a big reason why my business has grown. But if I wasn't comfortable with losing a project, I wouldn't have had the guts to do a free sample. So now this being said, maybe this is too fast of a transition. I think there is a caveat when it comes to free work. And that caveat, we've seen people talk about this in the Six Figure Home Studio community on the Facebook group. When someone comes to you and says, hey, you should do a lot of work for free for me for exposure, (laughs) eh, 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 red alert, alarms, run as fast as you can. Run as fast as you can.
0: I have something I call the five rules of free work. And it's in that free rate sheet that I give away, but I'm going to go ahead and go over them real quick, just so you know what those are. Just keep those in the back of your head. So if you're going to do free work, you can do a free test sample, a free test mix, a free test master, something for free for someone. Here are the five rules you need to follow. One, if you're going to do free work, keep the project small. There's no reason to do more than one to two songs for free bite at size. most. Yeah, bite size, as that's all you need in order to build a portfolio and to build that relationship. Rule number two, if you're going to do free work, make sure it's only. For talented bands or artists who will make you look good Mediocre bands will always give you mediocre results. No matter how hard you try rule number three If you're gonna do free work give 100% effort There is no point in doing any sort of work at all if you're gonna half-ass it. Amen Half-assed work will only lead to burning bridges Even if that half-assed work is free rule number four If the artist tries to take advantage of you, do not be afraid to pull the plug. Just because you're working for free doesn't mean you're their bitch. Hmm. (laughs) And then rule number five, free work. This is actually a little hack that I like to tell people to do. If you're doing free work, invoice them for the full amount minus the entire amount equals zero dollars. It's a little mental hack because if they come back to you in the future, they know what price to expect.
1: I might do that. Oh yeah, dude. That's a good idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this is a lot to think about. This is a really offensive subject in our industry. (laughs) What, drug dealers or free work? Well, I mean, it's the free work thing. For some people, they're like, what, you're a complete loser if you ever do free work under any circumstances. And again, we are into the advice buffets. Anyone that says it's this way 100% of the time in our industry is almost extinct. Don't worry, they won't be in business in five years. (laughs) You don't need to listen to them. So it's all about context and you might have the right business model or the right market or the right service Where a free sample really really works for you. It's worked out great for me It's not without its drawbacks. I have to schedule time every day to do free samples for people
0: Which is a talent in and of itself is the ability to continually do things you don't want to do every day Well,
1: here's the secret. I actually like doing them Oh, that's good. That's good. That helps. So here's another, this is like, I'm being vulnerable here. One of the reasons I'm good at my job is because of how many free samples I've done. Because you get a lot of repetition. A lot of repetition. And a lot of situations where I'm like, I have to solve this problem. I have to make this song sound good. How am I going to do that? And when you do that 10,000 times, you get good. That brings up
0: a question that I'm curious about. Could you ballpark or do you know for a really close estimate how many total songs you've mastered in your career?
1: I'm sure it's north of 10,000 oh,
0: gosh, that's a lot of songs.
1: Yeah If you gave me like an hour or two, I could probably f- Figure that out. It's a lot. We'll
0: just stick with it over 10,000 So that leads us to another question to talk about and that is the bite-sized thing We kind of touched on it a second ago But we never really dug deep because if you do some sort of service that is more in-depth How do you create a bite-sized version of that because mastering is obviously bite-sized? That's like the one of the most obvious things if you're a mastering engineer and you don't do some sort of free test master for somebody, I think you're leaving a lot of money on the table. But let's just talk about if you're doing mixing work, which is pretty in-depth, or tracking or editing, or something that's a little more work than mastering, or a little more time-intensive than mastering, how do you create some sort of bite-sized sample that means you can do free tests? I think I can kind of answer part of that, and that is there's not always a good solution, but this is not always a permanent thing. If you have a natural service or product that lends itself well to little Tiny baggies of samples, you know, little tiny services of samples like mastering. If your service automatically lends itself well to that, then you can continue to do the free test masters well into your career, even when you're highly successful. When you have a very high touch service that you do, though, it may only make sense to do it in the beginning as you're getting your name out there, as you're building a your portfolio, as you're getting relationships, and then slowly taper off so it's not a permanent part of your business. I think that's one thing worth mentioning.
1: Yeah. Well, so a lot of this is a creativity issue. Are you creative enough to create a bite-sized piece of what you do that you can show people for free what a big impact you can make in their life? I think there's a lot of opportunity for back and forth here. One of the ways we've solved that in mixing world at Chris Grand Mastering is we do a free mix evaluation video. My intent here, guys, isn't to be like, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of great advice and sneak in some advertisements. <laughs> At least it's not entirely yeah, <laughs> i not entirely motivated by that. That's the
0: added benefit That's not the only reason you're saying it.
1: Yeah So my hope is that for you guys that are that are mix engineers that you would be thinking about How can I do something for free to give people a taste? One of the things that we've done that people seem to love is we do a really quick Evaluation video. So somebody will send in their whole session file like a pro Tools session or a logic session or cubase or whatever And my head mix engineer will open it up And he'll make a video that's like a screencast of like, oh,
0: yeah, cool song. Love this. Love that. Is this face on the camera as well? Do you do a picture in picture? I don't remember. The reason I'm asking that is whether he does or doesn't, if you can do that, which you can do with ScreenFlow.
1: Yeah, ScreenFlow.
0: It's awesome because they're getting a face with the name and it just helps with the connection, I think, if you can get your face in there uh, along with the video.
1: You know, actually, now that I think about it, we don't do faces. We had considered doing that. We might start doing it. That's a great tip. And I guess as i'm thinking about giving this advice to you guys It's good for me because it's making me really reevaluate how we do it So yeah, I would say have your face like a little tiny box on the right-hand side Open their session and walk them through. Hey drum sound great. Mmm, you know guitars I'd probably want to reamp those vocal. Yeah, I could definitely I'd do something a little bit like this You know, we would want to do some compression here's you know, I'd probably want to cut some lows Here and i'd want to I think your bass is a little too quiet Just really quickly going through and saying here's where I think there's opportunity for improvement And then send them a video back with quotes
0: And I love this idea just because this really works in any time intensive area So if you're doing if you're a producer or a songwriter, you can make a quick video giving them some quick feedback and some tips That is adding value and it's building a relationship and establishing a relationship before you ever work with them So that they want to work with you because they love your ideas If you give them terrible ideas, they're not going to work with you That's like giving someone a bag of oregano if you're a pot dealer It's just not going to work well for you You're not going to have repeat customers with oregano if you're selling that don't give them bad product So if you're great at what you do, however, you give them an amazing experience in the in the video that you give them Critiquing their song or helping them with song structure or helping them With whatever service you provide that can be a good workaround with this bite-sized free thing that you're doing that doesn't take a ton of time. You can do it in 15, 20, 30 minutes tops.
1: Totally. Well, and the big opportunity there is when you're competing against engineers who don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> See, that, that was an aggressive pitch, an aggressive sell right there. When you're listening to people who haven't been thinking about the things that we talk about and that validation is their number one mission as an audio engineer, they want to feel validated. These types of people don't want to give away anything. They just want people to come in and say wow, you're a rock star Phil, you know fill in the blank here and when you've got people like that They're not necessarily going to be givers. That's true And they're not listening to any podcast that tells them to read the book the go-giver. Yeah, exactly
0: they're listening to butt rock on the radio or they're (laughs) listening to Sports talk. I love that band (laughs) But rock is my favorite band. yeah so I think another thing to touch on when it comes to bite-sized services is go back to episode number 33 five studio niches ripe for the taking In that I think most of those niches we talk about have some sort of bite-sized sample that you can do The more you niche down your services The more bite-sized you can become so if you're a vocal only studio Have them come in and do a song on vocals or a chorus on vocals just a little
1: free sample So they get to know you get yeah. to know your vibe of your studio if you're a podcast only studio Let me jump in on the vocal thing here You could win a client just based on how good your headphone mix is If a vocalist walks in and is like, whoa I've never heard myself sound so good while I sang you can win a client that way Yep, if
0: you're a podcast only studio just doing free podcast edits can be a way to win clients And that also goes on to that recurring revenue model that most podcast editors kind of work with You're winning recurring revenue clients doing free test edits, and I think that can go a long way, and it doesn't take that long to do a sample of a podcast episode. So go back to listen to that episode number 33, listen to those studio niches, see if any of those make sense for you. Maybe not for remote recording, that doesn't really work the same, but you can come up with some sort of ideas. Well, Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic, and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half built bridges leading to nowhere Because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step that's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up will always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far. And that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for clients by design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show.
1: One of the things we talked about in that episode was a hip hop studio, like a specific vocal studio for hip hop. Hip hop really lends itself to come in, I'll do two takes for free, or I'll do one take for free, let you hear how it sounds, and then we'll go from there. Now, I think we should transition and talk about something really important when it comes to the free sample thing. Yeah, babe, what's up? When you give a mouse a cookie, he will want a glass of milk. The problem, the dangerous thing, is that when you give away free work, that some people have the expectation of a lot more free work, especially friends.
0: This is the importance of communication. If you're going to do some sort of free work, it's good to clarify. So those five rules of free work that I gave you, those are more for people that are getting started with their portfolio and they're trying to get full pieces of work on their portfolio. This isn't really the same. It's not always the same as a free test, a free sample, right? Bingo. So that's one big clarification to kind of distinguish between here. What we're talking about, Is more of the free sample size you're trying to give them a taste of what you're like Not the full thing. Yeah, it's a free taste not a free meal Yeah, you're not getting into bed with these people You're just giving them a free taste of what it's like to get into bed with you. So (laughs) I'm on roll. I'm a roll today I'm on a roll today (laughs) But you get what i'm saying. It's a free test. It's giving a little glimpse of the ankle or whatever You're not giving them the full show. Oh, man so
1: Um, Let me (laughs) let me take the ball from you there for just a minute
0: Thank you i'm just gonna keep going if you don't don't make me stop talking
1: So yeah, this is important and what I have found with the free sample thing is I will get people That these are almost always artists that are recording themselves That will do a free sample and then they'll make a mix change and want another free sample and then have another song They want a free sample for so you have to have a boundary here At least i've had to have a boundary here and that boundary is i'm sorry because of the huge demand for my services I can only offer one free sample per artist and I never break that never break that unless it's a producer Who's sending me samples from different artists, which makes sense And those are like super high value
0: clients because they have the potential of sending you dozens of projects a year Versus an artist who will just send you one project every year and a half
1: yeah, so if it's like a mixed engineer producer, it's like dude send me as many samples as you want But one per artist that you're working with
0: those are what I call vip clients and yes. just a quick side note quick tip That's the kind of person you send a christmas card to a gift basket to once a year The kind of person that has that high of a lifetime value Go out of your way to treat them like the vip that they are
1: Yeah, so to kind of sum up everything we're talking about here I think one first and foremost have something bite size that you can give away for free If you can't think of something that's bite size, you need to recognize that that's a creativity issue on your part It's not an industry issue. It's not what you do for a living It's a creativity issue and you might need to walk away from that and have that epiphany when you're not working on it number two is There are several reasons why you might not be willing to give a free sample One of them might be that you're not confident enough that anyone will come back After trying your service or product or whatever it happens to be but you know
0: what it beats them Working with you and paying you and hating the product.
1: Oh, dude
0: It's way better for you to give a free sample and then walk away than for them to pay you and leave hating your work
1: Well, yeah, I was gonna sum up the whole kind of everything we've said but now that's another rabbit hole We definitely should go down. So i'm weird because as a mastering engineer I love the free sample because i'll do a free sample. I'll get the project Usually I do two samples. Usually I'll do one that's a little more compressed and one that's a little less compressed like 99% of the time that's what I do and When I send that back, they'll often come back and say whoa, dude sample number one The less compressed version was awesome. We want you to do the whole album. Sweet I already have a template to start with on the album and I already have gotten an approval on one song This virtually guarantees
0: Your success that they're going to like your product when the project's over
1: Absolutely. Well, and that's the beauty of that is that I don't really get almost any revision requests because I almost always have done a sample first. So they hired me because I already showed them I can do a great job for them. I'm going to compliment them on this project. So the free sample is amazing because it removes the bad eggs. It removes the bad apples. And you're not like, shoot, I let someone hire me that is going to hate my work.
0: Or worse in some cases, I let someone hire me that I'm going to hate to work with.
1: Yeah. That's another thing. So the free sample thing, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to give away free. I don't want to give away my time for free. I don't want to devalue it. I'm also terrified that they won't like it. And then it'll be awkward. And I got rejected and I did free stuff and I'm not comfortable with that. But the flip side of that coin is if you have enough clients coming in the door that you're doing a really tiny free taste for, only the ones that are a perfect match will stick around. And that is an amazing, beautiful thing. And my life would be a lot more difficult if I wasn't vetting my customers by doing a free sample for them.
0: Yep. I think we could wrap this episode up. This is, again, this is a shorter episode today, but I think you could wrap this episode up by rereading that passage after us talking about this in detail. Because now that we've kind of, we've kind of gone down this rabbit hole and we've gone over and we've explored this as audio engineers and home studio owners and mastering engineers, re-listening to that, again,
1: I think is going to be beneficial to us all. So go ahead and read that again, Chris. Drug dealers get it right. Drug dealers are astute business people. They know their product is so good, they're willing to give a little away for free up front. They know that you'll be back for more, and this time with money. Emulate drug dealers. Make your product or service so good, so addictive, so quote unquote can't miss that giving customers a small free taste makes them come back with cash in hand. This will force you to make something about your product or service bite size. You want an easily digestible introduction to what you sell. This gives people a way to try it without investing any money or a lot of time. That's a risk reversal. We've talked about that before on the show. Bakeries, restaurants, and ice cream shops have done this successfully for years. Car dealers let you test drive before buying them. Software firms are also getting on board with free trials or limited use versions How many other industries could benefit from the drug dealer model? So don't be afraid to give away a little for free so long as you've got something to sell Be confident in what you're offering You should know that people will come back for more if you're not confident about that You haven't created a strong enough product or service yet
0: Hell yeah. So that's a passage from the book Rework written by, who's it written by, Chris? Excellent question. I don't even know. It's the founders of Basecamp, right? Jason Fried and I'm so sorry, Heinemeier Hansen. Close enough. Yeah, go look this book up. We highly recommend it. Or Chris does. I have it sitting on my bookshelf. I still haven't read it yet. But from that one passage, I think we could all get a lot out of this book most likely. It's
1: great. It's an easy read. It's really fun. And just as we were reading it, there's kind of one more piece I was digesting here. The free sample might not work for you yet, Because your service might not be good enough Yeah, he says in the second paragraph here emulate drug dealers make your product so good so addictive So can't miss that giving customers a small free taste makes them come back with cash in hand So let me address one last thing here We've talked about the story of dog food and dog food marketing on the podcast before it's such a valuable story And i'll tell the story again and it goes something like this There was a ceo of a brand of dog food who hired the best marketing agency in the world. They spent millions of dollars advertising the dog food and sales didn't go up. They didn't get any new customers out of it. So the CEO fired the marketing agency and hired the second best marketing agency in the world. They spent millions of dollars and sales didn't budge. He did this one more time. He hired the next marketing agency, sales didn't move. So he called a company-wide meeting and started yelling at his employees and screaming and pacing across the floor and saying, whose fault is this? I'm going to fire them. We need to figure out why this isn't working. And a timid young guy who was brand new to the company wearing a short sleeve white dress shirt, oh, the worst. raised his hand in the back and he said, sir, um, they don't like it. The dogs, they don't like the dog food. So the marketing didn't matter. And it's the same with the free sample. If you're giving out a free sample of bad dog food, To dogs All that happens is that the owners know the dogs don't like the food. So I won't buy that anymore You have to have an amazing service You have to be great at what you do for the free sample to work if you're giving away bad free samples You've only told people you suck
0: I really want to urge you go back and listen to or re-listen to episode 33 that five studio niches right for the taking episode 33 Go back and re-listen to that because I really think this episode goes hand in hand with that one Because if you can really specialize on one little niche and that is your little box that you are going to do better than anyone else It is so much easier to create a superior product than someone that's trying to do everything in a mediocre way.
1: So one of the things you could do, sorry, I said I was dumb, but I've got one more thing to respond to you on that. I'm inspired. If you're trying to create a niche, you might first think about how you would market it. Not about what you would do, but about what you could do to market some of the niches that you're thinking about niching down to. For me as a mastering engineer, I loved mastering long time before I did it full time. It wasn't until I had the marketing idea for that before and after player. When I had that idea, it was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I could get strangers to hire me This is awesome. I'm going to build it. I'm going to make a website. It's going to be incredible And it worked If you are thinking about what niche to get into One of the most important things you should ask yourself is how would I market it? And if you're in a situation like you know a podcast editor Or like hey, i'll edit one of your episodes for free and that's your pitch All of a sudden you have a way to get people to reach out to you And that's a make or break it difference between just, hey, I do this thing. It's a little different than everybody else. So that is it for this
0: episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Hopefully you found that inspiring and enlightening. And you'll go out there and emulate your local drug dealer. How's that for advice for you? One important thing to keep in mind as you're listening to this podcast is that we cover a lot of ground. We cover so many different topics from so many different areas, so many tactics, so many things to think about. And we've said it before, but a lot of our episodes are an advice buffet. This means you just pick and choose what you like. Just like if you're at a food buffet, you pick and choose the things you like, you leave the things you don't like. But this leaves a little bit of an issue for a lot of our listeners, especially those of you who are just now starting up your careers, you're early on, you haven't got your first paid project yet, or you're just making a little bit of money on the side. And that's this danger that you get overwhelmed. You get paralysis by analysis, or you get something called shiny object syndrome. And that's where you are trying a different thing every other week when you hear the podcast and you think, oh, that's a cool strategy. And you completely abandon what you just realized you should do last week. And now you're onto this new and better and bigger thing. And the thing is, I'm guilty of that myself. I do this all the time in my own business, but the result of shiny object syndrome is a lack of effectiveness. You're busy all the time, but you're not actually completing any work. You're not actually effective in what you're doing. And that's an important thing. Being effective is a whole lot better than being just quote unquote busy. And this is something that's been on my mind a lot over the past couple of months. I've been trying to plan out content for the Six Figure Home Studio, for the YouTube channel, for the blog, for our podcast. And this thing keeps coming up Every time I look at our audience, there is a large portion of our audience that is not served. I segment our audience, in my brain at least, into three different buckets. The first bucket's the full-time home studio, people like me, people like Chris, people earning a full-time living from their audio skills. The second bucket is the part-time home studio, those earning a part-time living from their audio skills. And then the third bucket is just those getting started, those that haven't even made their first dollar yet, or their first thousand, or even their first $10,000 yet. Those at the early part of their careers. And what I've noticed is... None of our content really serves that new studio owner that person that's still early in their careers that third bucket of people that have earned less than ten thousand dollars from their studios And so I created a brand new course It is launching this week The first module comes out on monday and the course is going to walk you through everything you need to know And everything you need to do in order to earn your first ten thousand dollars from your studio So the course is laid out in four different sections the first section which comes out on monday is the pre-flight checklist. This is everything you need to put into place before you can even worry about making your first dollar. I'm gonna walk you through step-by-step in an entire checklist with a video for each point on the checklist of what you need to put into place, what you need to do, and what you need to have before you can even start worrying about getting your first dollar. That comes out on Monday. Week two, the second module comes out, and that module covers everything you need to know in order to make your first dollar, your first paid project. And more importantly, and this is really what differentiates this course from all of our other content, including the Profitable Producer course. Everything in this module is what you need to do, but also everything you need to ignore at this stage in your career. Until you've made your first dollar, here are all the things you should not be doing. And then here are the few things you should be doing And if you can follow these steps, it is not a matter of if you get your first paid project, it is just a matter of when you get your first paid project. And then I walk you through a four-part process to get this done. On week three, the third module comes out and that is the module that walks you through everything you need to put into place in order to go from your first paid project up to your first thousand dollars without overwhelming yourself. Again, these are fairly simple processes, but these are the things you should be putting your focus into instead of spreading yourself thin or getting overwhelmed and doing absolutely nothing. And then the fourth and final week the fourth module comes out and this is where we start putting the big stuff into play This is where the meat of the course comes in and this is where we scale you up from a thousand to ten thousand dollars of total income So if you are in a place in your career where you are not quite ready to jump into the profitable producer course, maybe you're overwhelmed Maybe you're not quite sure if it's a good fit for you because you're just getting started Maybe you just don't want to commit that much of your finances to an investment like that a course like that because it's not a cheap course this new course is probably for you because it is much, much more affordable for any home studio owner. This course is available to join right now if you're a podcast listener. And the first module will be going live on Cyber Monday, November 26th. And by the way, anyone who's in the Profitable Producer course will get this course for free. So if you're a student, you should have an email from me. If you don't already, you should have one soon with instructions on how to get your free course. Everyone else, if you want access to this course, you can find more information at thesixfigurehomestudio.com slash 10k that slash 10k. And I cannot wait to see all of you in there. Uh, This is exciting for me because this is the first course I've put out in over a year. And the reason is I don't just churn out courses endlessly. I only create a course if I feel like there is a need and I feel like I can fulfill that need at a high benchmark for quality. Otherwise, I do not put out a course. And this is why you see some platforms that have 30, 40, 50 courses. That is not me. I'll put out only a course when I feel like there is a great need for it and this is definitely one that I have Seen time and time again is people getting overwhelmed or people spreading themselves too thin with shiny object syndrome And this course will help you get past both of those. So again, you can just go to the six figure slash 10k sign up and you can start your step-by-step journey to earning your first ten thousand dollars from your studio Whoa.